0: Welcome to Engage, the podcast show for business owners and managers who are passionate about developing people and growing a successful business. And now here's your host, Alistair Booth from the HR Booth. Welcome to the latest edition of Engage, the HR podcast for business owners and managers. My name's Alistair Booth, and I'm your host for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, And this time, I'm going to be discussing the benefits of defining roles and responsibilities in your organisation and the use of job descriptions. Uh, I did mention job descriptions way back in one of the the first podcasts uh, when I was talking about recruitment and selection. But this episode is kind of more focusing on... know, the job descriptions in the organisation for existing employees and and more about roles and and responsibilities. And the reason for that is over the last few weeks, I've been delivering a range of workshops um, for a number of my clients. And common themes that are coming out, especially on the subject of managing difficult conversations, are the common themes that, that, you know, the feedback we're getting is around the roles and responsibilities piece. So, as I said, I've mentioned job descriptions in the past, but this one is more relevant for existing employees and just giving, I guess, managers and business owners a framework in how they, they manage their, their people. So, during the workshops I've been running over the last the last few weeks, uh, we've been running a number of workshops either at the Vine venue in Dunfermline and also Clooney Clays in Kirkcaldy. Uh, and some of these have been for existing clients who are sending some of their managers along as part of their um, development. Uh, and other people that have been coming along are people that have just booked in who want to kind of get better at managing managing people, really. Um, so there's been a whole range of, of HR subjects that we're running, and they're continuing to run over the, the next few months. But certainly during the difficult conversation subject that, that we've been running what has kind of come out through the evaluations and also just feedback uh, in, in the classroom is that some of the, the managers or supervisors who have been in attendance have said that they find a the difficult conversation can be problematic is because the individual that they need to have that conversation with either doesn't respect them in the role that they're doing or it hasn't really been made clear that that individual manager has got the authority to have that, that conversation. So the outcome of that is really that the manager or supervisor doesn't feel empowered to hold that that discussion. Um, and, a, and a good example of that is we, we had a couple of guys um, on our workshop on managing difficult conversations, and that came about recently where the client, uh, who who is a client of ours? We've been working with them for for some time. We just rolled out um, updates to, to the contracts of employment, uh, and it just an employee handbook that was fit for purpose for that organisation. And one of the things that we did, we took great care really to to you know share the details of that with all the employees on on a one to one basis. So invested quite a bit of time and effort to to do that. Uh, they're spread across three sites in, in Scotland uh, and we went through that on, on a one-to-one basis. So it was myself and the two business owners who who met with the, with the staff. Uh, and we also spent a great deal of time with the, the kind of management team. So we've got in each of the three sites, there's a manager and someone that we've kind of called an assistant manager who will kind of deputise for them. Um, and what, what kind of come out of the workshop is that, yeah, whilst that was great, that exercise that we'd gone through... We hadn't actually made it very clear to the individual employees that these guys were now managers or had that authority to hold that that conversation. So they've never, one, they've never actually been given a defined role or a job description. And secondly, we never actually communicated to the wider team that, you know, when the business owners aren't around, that these people have, have got the authority to, to manage and, and they're the, the individual kind of line managers. So it's caused a, a bit of an issue with this, this particular client and, and some others in, in the room had then obviously brought up something something similar. Um, so that's kind of what made me think about kind of, um, the, the subject for, for this podcast. Um, so it's caused a bit of an issue where an you know, individual is trying to deal with a difficult staff member, that individual's not been formally told about the reporting structure and the outcome of that is that the owner then gets more involved, or certainly far more involved than, than they should do. So what then happens in that situation is that there's a difficult situation. So someone's perhaps not performing. That individual manager wants to give that individual feedback on it. Um, so that there, there, there might be a criticism of something they're doing. That they might, you know, they might need to give them feedback on something they've observed. And what then happens is the individual then turns around and says, "Well, you can't tell me to do that. Um, you're not, you're not the boss." Um, and what that's then created is that the business owner then has to get involved in, uh, in this specific client. You know, three sites across Scotland can't obviously be in, you know, three places at, at the one time. So really, the management team should be empowered to hold these conversations and make decisions. But what's then happening is that, you know, individual kind of performance and conduct, I guess, is... You know, whilst it's been challenged, it's not really been followed up because the managers who are holding that conversation don't really feel they've got the authority to to kind of follow it through and haven't really had a, a kind of defined role or, or job description to enable them to, to have that, that conversation. So the outcome of that is that the manager or assistant manager or supervisor, whoever it may be, doesn't have the confidence to deal with that situation. And that then makes their role as a manager or a supervisor really difficult uh, and the employees can see that. So that then kind of breeds a, you know that that you know that behaviour. So one individual is kind of perceived to be getting away with it. So the outcome of that is that potentially other people follow that lead because they, they perceive there to be no consequence of, of these actions. So having a defined job role um, not only helps clarify what's expected, but it can also give levels of authority. So a business owner and a small business, that allows them, I guess, to empower their management team to deal with the day-to-day matters that they come up and allows them to focus on developing their business. So, you know, if you've got a small business with 20 or 30 employees, you know, you don't want to be kind of spending that time dealing with, with holiday requests, managing the rota, giving staff feedback on a one-to-one basis, dealing with all the customer complaints that may come in, you know, trying, trying to kind of, you know, deal with these situations that, that arise, day-to-day issues that, that come up. So what you want to be doing is, is really kind of shaping the business and, you know, looking at new customers, looking at new ways of working, So what you want to do is, you know, delegate some of these tasks to to the the day-to-day line managers. But more importantly, you need to make sure that's fully communicated so that everyone knows where they stand. And not only does that give the managers the confidence to hold that difficult conversation, they can then take action if they need to, and everybody's fully aware of that. So it's not a a legal requirement to have a a job description. uh, But my view is that it certainly does make it easier for you to manage and, I guess, develop your people. Um, it lets you see how the the role can contribute to your business and who in your business can can do that role. So you might have someone who's doing that role just because they've been there the longest. It's someone that you've perhaps you know might have been your first employee, and the business has going quite quickly. So it might be someone that you've unofficially put into that into that role. Uh, but managing people is obviously a skill. You know, I've kind of discussed this in, in previous podcasts. So that person might not actually be the right the right fit. So. By putting down on, on paper, you know, job description or roles and responsibilities in terms of what you want the individuals to do, that allows you to then kind of see who potentially is the right fit for your organisation. And if you then potentially have to look externally, that's something that you can then use to attract talent into your business to apply for for that job role. And by putting, you know, the, the, you know, these your thoughts down on, on paper, you know, the individual who you might have in mind or who might be unofficially doing that role at the minute, they might actually identify that there's another role that they could they could do. Um, but it's really important to, to kind of put it down on paper, and it just lets you see, you know, what's going to be the the, the right the right person doing that role for your organisation and what you want them to do and what the purpose of that role is. So there's no point in just having an unofficial job title just for the sake of having someone there. There needs to be a purpose press towards that that role, uh, and a good job description or roles and responsibilities document should contain um, the following, um, you know, headings if you like. So t- title of the job, obviously. So if it's a management role, you'd want to say it's manager. Uh, where that role sits within the team or within the department and potentially the wider wider business. So I guess the larger your organisation is. You know the more the more kind of detail that we go into to that part of the the document, you'd want to specify who the um, the role reports to and any other key interactions they may have. So that could be external um, suppliers. It could be you know external support, say with a, an HR consultant, your marketing person, you know whoever that may be, your accountant. So you know if there's external people in your business that they have to interact with, then you state who that who who they are. Um, You'd obviously want to mention key areas of responsibility and how you're going to measure um, their output. So looking at also short, medium and long-term objectives. Um, You might also want to put within that document the required education and training that they should have. So if it's a management role, in terms of managing, managing people, you may want to put something in that they need to attend certain workshops or certain courses or have achieved certain external qualifications to do that or it might be something they need to, to um, work towards. Uh, you'd also be thinking about the soft skills and personality traits that, you know, they need to they need to display, um, location of the role, and if there's any tra- travel requirements. So I guess if you've got more than one site, if that person's going to be responsible for more than one site or having to work at more than one site, you need to specify that in, in the document. Um, and more, I guess, for external... Um, Vacancies. So, if you're looking to attract people in your organisation, you'd you'd want, you'd be wanting to mention the kind of salary range and benefit to try and you know dis, um, attract people into your organisation. Uh, and on that piece as well, you'd be looking at discussing a little bit about the the company's um, culture. So, for those of you that listen to episode 11, um, you you would be aware that I discussed a lot about workplace culture uh, in that podcast, and that followed on from the. Uh, National HR Network Annual Conference I attended recently which focused on culture. So interesting that you know, culture's kind of come up again today when we're talking about job descriptions. So, and, and I know, you know, a, a lot of the businesses that we sit deal with are kind of smaller businesses. So, you know, you might think that a job description is something that a corporate or a big corporate business should do. Um, and a job description might not fit with the culture that you're trying to promote within your organization, being a, a smaller business. That's absolutely fine. So, I guess it's that's how you want to label it. So, you know, you might not want to call it a job description, it might be roles and responsibilities or. or something else the key thing is you know label it however you think suits your organization but the key thing for you is to make sure you've got something in place that your people understand and that they they can obviously follow so the the workshops have been great for examples like that and also getting our clients in a room where they can they can share some of their challenges share best practice uh, and from our point of view we're also picking up some really good feedback from from our clients uh, but also some content that we can use not only in, in our podcast but the blogs and the various other kind of marketing platforms that we have so the workshops have been great from from that point of view um and you know it's just looking at ways in which we can t- continue to, to add value so that this example with the job descriptions and roles and responsibilities if we hadn't had two of these managers in the room delivering a workshop they wouldn't have, you know, we wouldn't. Have, I certainly wouldn't have been aware that the whole roles and responsibilities thing was an issue. Just not something that we kind of picked up on. So that that was kind of really good feedback from that point of view, and we've been able to take action with that specific client um, to enable us to to have. A fit for purpose kind of roles and responsibilities document which now gives the managers the confidence to deal with these issues back at work having gone through the training to you know have a difficult conversation they now feel more in control because the staff members that report to them are now aware that they are the, the individual kind of line managers. Another example that we've had recently around job descriptions and roles and responsibilities is with a a client who we're helping with their expansion plans. So they've got about 30 employees at the moment and they're in the process of opening a a new site. Um, So I have touched on this in a a previous podcast. So um, the plans are in place in terms of the the building work, uh, plan permission, um, and, and, and now trying to get the, the right people into that that organisation. So as part of that, we have been looking at succession planning because what they intend to do with the new site is replicate everything they've got on their existing site. So another kind of 30 people coming on board. The structure is very much going to be that there'll be a regional manager who will look after both sites and then within each of the the locations that they'll have, they'll have a a general kind of manager who will be responsible for the day-to-day running of that that business um, supported by an assistant manager. So they're going to be kind of two new roles that, that have been created. So in effect, there's four people going into these these positions across um, both sites. And if you add in the regional manager doing a slightly different role where he's going to be less hands-on and more kind of strategic um, focused, giving direction and, and, you know, managing the, the kind of general managers, uh, we've had to kind of write, you know, job descriptions and roles and responsibilities to, to go through that. So that's been really useful in terms of the existing people who are in the business. Um so looking at the succession plan there around, you know, have they got the right skills, what's their personality traits like, have they got, you know, the relevant training, education, you know, what what, you know, what's their culture, you know, like in terms of the way in which to interact with people, does that fit with what we are after? So that's been really useful going going through that. And you know, now that we've kind of gone through that that exercise, and we've got obviously a, v- a couple of vacancies to fill, we are able to, you know, use that job description to try and attract talent into to that organisation. So that that's been really useful. So, uh, you know, a couple of examples there of you know why you would want to have job descriptions and, and roles and responsibilities. Um, so that the people moving into these new roles, uh, they're now they they're they're fully aware of what's expected of them. So you know they've made a decision. Yeah, they want to take on these these new roles, uh, and it also allows the manager and the business owner to kind of support them, guide them, and and manage the people that are going to be performing these these roles. So job descriptions, you know, are, are, are you know are important. Um, they should be flexible um, so you know it's not a case of you have something in writing and that's all that individual will, will do or you know the business is, is you know you've, you've got to evolve so the job description needs to be flexible and be able to evolve as, as well uh, the most important part is is communicating the kind of key elements of, of the role so by sharing roles and responsibilities of your you know of your management team with the people that work for them it's good practice but also sets expectations and 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 clarity around you know what people need to be doing and the job roles, um, so we've we've been able to identify internal candidates who can move into these new roles, but it's also enabled us to to look externally to bring in um, people to you know work in this business that's expanding. So the job description is really important to, to enable us to to do that. So I guess kind of to summarize you know job job descriptions are a, a, an important part of your organization and you know the benefits in doing that is that you know one is that your, your people fully understand what's expected of them and two it gives you a framework in which you can then manage their their, their performance moving moving forward so as i said you know it's not something that has to be overly complicated if you would like to get more information on what should be included in, in these types of documents, then I'm happy to, to kind of share my, my thoughts on that. Um, so if, you, if there's any examples of job descriptions or roles and responsibilities roles and responsibilities that you'd like help with, um, or you'd like my input with, then, then feel free to, to get in contact. And you can do that through the, the, normal, the normal channels. You can uh, send me an email. So... My email address is alastair.booth at thehrbooth.co.uk. You can also contact us through the website, which is www.thehrbooth.co.uk. And you can also find me on Twitter and my username there is thehrbooth. So thanks for listening. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with anything that's been discussed in this podcast or if there's any other kind of HR kind of concerns or questions that you may have, then feel free to get in touch also. So thanks for listening and I'll speak to you next time.